We have two readings today, the first of which is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 1. You can follow along on the screens in your own Bibles, or if you would like to have a church Bible, please just raise your hand. Genesis 1, starting at verse 26. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was the evening, and there was the morning, the sixth day. Our second reading is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting at verse 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. This is the word of the Lord. I'll just pray quickly for Craig. Lord, we thank you for Craig. Thank you for bringing him to us here in Nottingham. And I just uh, thank you for all that you have done with him as he's prepared to speak today. And I just pray for us at the start of this new year that you renew us, renew our spirit within us, and renew our hearts to, to receive your word. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, good morning again. It's um, great uh, to be here. I was quite thankful, Steve, you moved the lectern. Um, John had warned me that it was a bit dodgy, um, and I didn't want to have to push it with my feet in front of everybody for the first time. Um, it's really great um, to, to be here at St. Nick's, and we've really enjoyed uh, settling in um, over uh, the last uh, few months. And this morning, we're looking um, at the start of uh, a new year. Um, I don't know how you approach um, the new year, but often it's an opportunity for us to think about um, what it is that we are called to for the coming um, for coming year or even the coming decades um, at the moment. Um, my hope at the start of a new year is that always by the end of it, I might just look that little bit more like Jesus. Um, that my disciplines, that was a great quote um, that Steve used from uh, Dallas Willard, um, that, that we might have some of that spiritual formation in us so that we more naturally act like Jesus. 
Uh, my definition of uh, spirituality, Steve didn't tell me he, uh, he was going to draw out all of your excellent uh, definitions, uh, but I was thinking, uh, how do you introduce a, a sermon series on spirituality? Um, and I think kind of, uh, I was thinking about, um, it's the things we do to enable us to experience more of the presence of God. Um, and I think you covered uh, that. Um, uh, if you want to really know more about it, then Fran has just finished a whole module, uh, 10 weeks on spirituality. Um, so she is currently the in-house uh, guru on this. Um, but this morning we're looking um, at what it means uh, to be human. And the title um, for this morning was, um, I Will Be Human. Um, a spiritual promise um, to ourselves that we will step into being human. Uh, one of the great privileges of uh, my new job, um, there's many things I'm learning uh, very quickly, um, but one of the privileges is I get to go around the country and visit um, those that the diocese here have sent to train uh, to be vicars uh, across the country. And one of those places um, is called Cranmer Hall up in Durham, um, and it's actually based in uh, the college uh, where I went uh, to university, uh, St. John's College up in Durham. Um, and uh, I went, so I went up to Durham back in uh, November um, and uh, to visit a few of our ordinands up there to see how they're doing, to see them in context, see how they're getting on. Um, but what I did do was I went and stood in the marketplace of Durham. And uh, I don't know if you know Durham, um, but there's another St. Nick's Church there. And 15 years ago, um, that's where, as an undergraduate student, I gave my life uh, to follow Jesus. That's where I stepped into the journey of exploring what it is to be more fully human, uh, to understand who we were created to be. I grew up in a little village um, in County Durham. Um, I was the first to go to university in my family. Um, I didn't know anything about degree classifications, um, even by my final year, um, which shows in my results, but that's fine. Um, I've got to where I need to be. Um, and so I went off to university, um, not having any idea, probably being quite anxious, um, probably not really uh, knowing any, having any security or self-confidence. Um, I didn't get the A-level grades I needed, um, and yet St. John's College uh, was able to offer me a place. And in that place, I met Christians. Um, I hope um, uh, our students, uh, I know they're not back yet, but know that the way they live their life really does make a difference. So for all of us, it does. Uh, but I met some students who, uh, basically, they didn't get drunk, they didn't have sex, uh, and they read the Bible. Um, and it was in reading the Bible that I thought, why are you reading this really old, dusty rule book? Anyway, they invited me as the only non-Christian on a Christianity Explored course. Uh, they invited me along to St. Nick's Church uh, in Durham. Uh, and there I gave my life uh, to become more fully human. It's been a journey. Um, I'm in my 16th year now. Um, and it's been a real journey, but a real uh, amazing uh, thing to step into who Jesus has called me to be, to become more secure in my identity in Christ. That won't be complete until Jesus returns. That's when we'll all be made fully human uh, again. Um, but that was just the start of my journey into what it means to be fully human. And so we had those uh, two readings uh, this morning. Um, in the first one, we heard uh, that beautiful picture of when God created humanity, when he made man and woman. He made them in his image. Uh, he gave them stewardship over the living creatures. He blessed them and told them to be fruitful he gave them every seed-bearing plant and fruit. Um, I thought that was a good start of the year. If you're doing veganuary um, or you want to go into there, there was no mention of any animals to eat. Um, we go to Acts 10 for that, don't we, to find out where we can eat meat. Um, but then uh, when God looked at all he had done, at all he had made, 
he saw that it was very good. For five days, the creation that he's made has been good. And when he makes humanity, it is very good. Um, Now, it's possible um, to get stuck here on some of the distinguishing features between what it means to be made in the image of God and to be in the likeness of God. Um, And it's a really important question. Um, You can get stuck into your Tertullians and your Origins, your Augustines and your Athanasians. But that's not what I propose to do at the start of a new year. What God, um, I think one of the things that as I was praying before uh, coming and preaching this morning, one of the things um, that I felt God was just reminding us of um, is that we were made in his image. Humanity was made in the image of God, which means that we have this innate ability. We are created to relate to the divine, to relate to God. There is a longing in our souls for God for his presence in our lives. And so for me, it seems that a key part of being human is knowing his presence, knowing the almighty God, and yet the deeply personal God that we encounter in Jesus Christ. And so uh, our 2 Corinthians uh, reading uh, follows on from that. Um, This is part of 2 Corinthians where Paul is justifying his ministry. He's giving an account of the gospel that he preaches, not in his power, but in the power of Christ. He talks about how um, the God of this age, that's uh, the devil, um, has taken the place that those who rebel and join sides with the devil uh, cannot see the light of Christ, who is the image of God. And then in verse 6, we see his argument, which um, uh, it's always helpful to be able to read it, I find. uh, When they're long sentences, um, it's trickier to keep up, isn't it? But in verse 6, linking back to the creation narrative, um, linking back to the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, Paul says that God has also caused his light to be shone in our hearts. Now for Paul, there was obviously a very clear moment, his uh, conversion on the Damascus Road, where that brilliant light blinded him and totally changed his heart. For many of us today, we may have had that moment, um, like I described, of kind of stepping into faith. For some of us, we may have always known Jesus, and there may not be a particular moment. But we know what it is to have the light of God shine in our hearts. I've heard people who've become Christians talking about kind of being able to see in color for the first time when they met Jesus, or it was like the darkness was lifted, and suddenly they could see the light. And so we see that in Jesus Christ, the invisible God is made visible. We see the glory of God displayed in the face of Christ, who is the image of God. One commentator said it like this. He said, as the image of God, he is the place, Jesus is the place where God himself, the invisible, is known And so if in Jesus we see the glory of God, the true image of God, and in each of us, the image of God is there, we need to be pursuing him. We need to pursue God so that we might grow into his image. And we do that by pursuing Jesus. And there's one reason, the reason that vicars or rectors or curates, whoever it is, um, tells you to keep reading uh, the Bible um, isn't because they like saying something and not always being listened to. Uh, It's because in the Bible... Every page of it 
we see something of the face of Christ. On every page of our scriptures, in that amazing story that has been passed down to us, we meet Jesus again. Um, I've got a Dallas Willard quote as well to show you that I'm as well read uh, as Steve is. Uh, Dallas Willard says, "Um, the most important thing in your life is not what you do, it's who you become. That's what you will take into eternity. And so if that's true at the start of a new year or a new decade uh, for us, um, then the most important thing about us being human, of growing in our spirituality, is that we would pursue Jesus, that we would pursue uh, the Father's love for us. Because as we get to know him, as we get to know Jesus, and as we get to know God, we will become more fully who we were made to be. And I don't know um, about you, um, I, don't, I haven't met everybody uh, yet or ever, I don't know how it will work out as we get to know uh, the church family uh, that we've been welcomed into here at St. Nick's. I don't know about you and how you find yourself um, pursuing the presence of God. Perhaps uh, you've recently uh, become a Christian and uh, you're really on fire right now and you're like, who is this new guy? This is great, we're all in a great place. Perhaps uh, you know that you ought to pray, you ought to be pursuing the presence of God, but it perhaps feels more like a duty uh, than a joy right now. In the midst of everyday life, in the midst of uh, having to get up in the morning, getting a a toddler, a child, or simply yourself uh, ready and out of the house by 7.30, packing lunch, tidying the house, and then sleeping uh, again, it can be so easy, can't it, to get by a day without even thinking of the presence of God with us, of what it means to have been made in his image And then for some of us, we're not even morning people. So the idea of being told we must get up uh, extra early and read the Bible and pray just makes us feel like, oh, mornings, seriously. I happen to love mornings, so um, that's fine by me. Um, And we know the theory, don't we? We know that God loves us. We've had those experiences of his presence with us, both in uh, the great moments of life and in the really difficult moments. We've heard stories, uh, we've heard sermons on the prodigal son. We've spent time remembering and adoring Jesus for his sacrifice for us on the cross. And still, it can be a real struggle to make that time in our daily lives to remember that we are made in the image of God and that we are to pursue him. And of course, um, the purpose of setting aside that time, whatever point of our day it is, is that simply it's a catalyst so that as um, Dallas Willard said, um, our life will more naturally reflect that of Jesus, that we will more naturally act and behave in a way that comes out of that Christ-like character. As we have breakfast, as we get ready for the day, are we aware of his presence with us? I heard someone from a contemplative tradition once say that they thought the one hour that someone might spend in a prayer room or in a quiet time was actually the one hour in their day that they weren't praying. The one hour in their day that they weren't praying because they weren't aware of the presence of God in the other 23 hours of the day. And the Psalms are filled uh, with uh, those kind of demands, those encouragements to pursue his presence. And they seek his face. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, 
to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. And so we choose to pursue him so that we might be more fully in the image of our loving God. I wonder what you have ever pursued passionately uh, in your life, uh, whether uh, it was in your sport you wanted to train or improve so that you were the best at your sport you could be. Uh, my physique might tell you that that's probably not one of the things I've ever struggled with. Perhaps you wanted uh, to be the best uh, in your sphere of influence or in your workplace, so you pursued that working hard, doing long hours using your spare time to be the best that you could be. Perhaps you spent your time pursuing a loved one. Whatever you have pursued, I hope you've also been pursuing the love of the Father in that. And we know that the Father, as well as sending us his Son to show us what he looks like, has written us a love letter. It's one that we can't read in an evening, but it's one that's worth reading every evening. It's not all lovey-dovey, but it is all about love. Whenever I think about trying to be aware of God's presence, to be more fully human in my everyday life, I'm always reminded of Brother Lawrence, who was a 17th century monk, uh, actually spent most of his time uh, on duties in the kitchen. And he wrote a series of letters that have now been compiled into a little book um, called The Practice of the Presence of God. And he summed up some of uh, what I might have been trying to say uh, more succinctly than I could. And he put it like this. He said, men invent means and methods of coming at God's love. They learn rules and set up devices to remind them of that love. And it seems like a world of trouble to bring oneself into the consciousness of God's presence. Yet it might be so simple. Is it not quicker and easier just to do our common business holy? for the love of him. What does he mean, doing our business wholly for the love of him? What about those rules and devices that we've put in place that might get in the way of actually encountering the presence of God? As a monk, he would have lived by um, a rule of life, a a set pattern of praying and behaving and uh, doing certain things. And so we can use those disciplines and a rule of life um, so that we grow in greater intimacy with the Father, that we can be more aware of his presence. Brother Lawrence used to practice the presence of God when he did the washing up. It's a place I've never quite managed to experience the presence of God. I do do some washing up at home, I promise. Um, But he goes on to help us work out. He says, as often as I could, I placed myself as a worshiper before him fixing my mind upon him, upon his holy presence, recalling it when I found myself wandering from it. This proved to be an exercise frequently painful, yet I persisted through all difficulties. So it's not necessarily easy, but in all things in our daily life, in our work, in our play, in our joy, in our sadness, we ought to be aware of the Father's loving presence with us. When things are going well, we do that with thanksgiving. When things are difficult, we do it by lamenting. When we're grieving, we know that God weeps with us. But in all these things, we can know the presence of God is with us. He longs for us just to lift our head. He is there. His gaze is ready. He wants to wrap his arms around us. 
I know that um, uh, we studied uh, Pete Gregg's um, new book um, over the summer, but in uh, one of his uh, previous books, um, he talks, uh, uh, he tells a story. Uh, he, he uses quite a few of the same stories again, I've found as I've read uh, a few of his books. Um, but in one of his books, um, he tells the story of his friend James, uh, who has uh, a son in his final year at school. Um, and his son uh, comes home from school, uh, and he goes and finds his dad in his study and just lays on the sofa there. Um, He just remains there quietly as James continues his work. Uh, He's sprawled on the cushion, staring at his phone, uh, at the ceiling, idly uh, thumbing his phone, never really wanting to talk. Uh, The son uh, didn't have any agenda other than to unwind in the presence of God, uh, of his dad. I've jumped ahead there, haven't I? Um, uh, (laughs) To unwind in the presence of his dad. Um, Later on, he talked to his dad, he'd asked to borrow the car. But at first, he just wanted to be in his dad's presence. And that's what our Father in heaven is longing for each of us, to rest in his presence. I don't know whether um, I'm allowed to talk about the Pope in St. Nick's. I haven't been here long enough yet. Um, But the Pope has admitted uh, that he sometimes allows himself to fall asleep in the Father's presence. Now, for those of us with young families, uh, that is a good promise, isn't it? Let's just rest in God's presence. The purpose of spending time in God's presence, of just being there, is that we can know him more fully. But by doing that, we know ourselves more fully as well. We are reminded and given the confidence that we are his children, that we are precious, and that we are loved. I'm more naturally an activist. I'd rather be up doing things, uh, running around. Um, I'm a kind of achiever. If you do any kind of you know, uh, w- thing to work out your personality type. Um, in, the sto- in the biblical story, I tend to relate more to Martha than to Mary. Whereas Mary has learned just to sit in the presence of her Lord. Martha was the one running around getting flustered and often getting annoyed with Mary that she couldn't see there were things to do. Um, I think in our house, Becky probably thinks it's the other way around. Uh, I'm a bit more like Mary just sitting around. But Pete Gregg tells the story again. Um, It's another great story of when uh, he'd finished writing one of his books and he uh, takes his family to the pub. He sits uh, on a large leather sofa, a place for him to rest uh, after a busy period, and he sends the kids out to play uh, in the play park there. One of the kids runs off, the other comes back, and he sits with his dad. He climbs up onto his knee, lap, and he looks at him and says, Daddy, I missed you. And Pete's reflections were, you can minister deeply to the Father's heart with unnecessary acts of deep affection. So I don't know where you find yourself in relation to being able to just spend time in our Father's presence, of becoming more fully aware of who you are called and made to be. What is it that would allow you to minister deeply to the Father's heart, to continue in your pursuit of the presence of God, to experience his love in your daily lives more often, perhaps even to be more like Mary than Martha? What would it take to create space in your life to pursue his presence? Um, Again, um, 
I have read more than Pete Gregg, I promise, uh, but they all fit this morning. Um, He talks about in the last Hebridean revival um, that the presence of God was so tangible, people were being woken from uh, their sleep uh, to come uh, and give their life to Jesus, and they were kneeling by the side of the road because his presence was so tangible in that place. Now, at the start of a new year, um, there's no reason uh, to have made resolutions. You may have already decided what you're doing. You may have already broken them. We're on day five. Um, I've done all of mine and failed in all of mine already. Um, But what are some of the things that in a new year might help you to step into the humanity uh, that you are made to be? Um, I'm going to suggest three very quick things. The first uh, is some form of quiet time. I'm not going to dictate to you uh, what that might look like. I'm not going to dictate what time of day it ought to be in. But when you do it, make sure you're reading the Bible. Make sure you're praying. Make sure you're allowing space just to sit and to be silent and still in the presence of God. You might want to listen to a worship song. You might want to sing out loud. But that should be the catalyst for being more aware of the presence of God in your everyday The second one uh, is uh, one of the 24-7 prayer things. Um, It's to encourage uh, everyone to pray the Lord's Prayer at noon. Just a reminder, um, it can get quite annoying if there's too many people doing it and you're in a meeting, um, I've discovered. Um, But at 12 o'clock, setting your alarms that you pray thoughtfully and prayerfully through the Lord's Prayer every day. Again, just an anchor point in our day uh, to remind us of his presence. Uh, And the third thing um, is simply to commit to coming to church. Maybe uh, you've been coming regularly anyway. Maybe uh, you've not been as regular uh, as you um, would like to be. Uh, Whether it's um, through, I'm going to show my, uh, I've forgotten them all now, but whether it's through the small group um, uh, of uh, three or four um, gathering together, whether it's through a community um, of uh, people gathering around an interest or an area, uh, and certainly coming on a Sunday to be part of the church family, the church community here. If you aren't here, we miss you. And I can say that because we are not fully the body of Christ at St. Nick's if we're not present. I need each of you to be here. We need each other to be here. To show us and remind us weekly what it is to be Jesus. You are little Jesuses to me every time we come to church. And hopefully I can show you something of that as well. There are loads of other ways um, that you can spend time um, reminding yourself of the presence of God. Um, I've got friends who put post-it notes around their house, who have set rhythms of prayer, uh, who have certain things they do while they're brushing their teeth. Um, uh, Our curate in our last church used uh, Colossians 3, uh, which talks about clothing yourselves daily with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Um, And he told us that in the morning, he literally imagines putting on gentleness and pulling on patience, uh, which was quite an image uh, to see a big uh, rugby bloke. Um, so seeing him, uh, imagining him dressing like that every morning was entertaining. I want to um, just head towards a close um, by telling, uh, really I should have thought this through, shouldn't I? another story that Pete Gregg tells. <laughs> I'll uh, come up with some other stories next time. Uh, anyway, it's a story uh, from his book Dirty Glory, uh, which uh, as you can tell uh, really moved and challenged me. Uh, He tells the story of uh, how in the U.S. Midwest, um, the pioneers traveled south and west uh, to a place called Santa Fe in New Mexico. Um, And in the 1820s to 1880s, they were at the frontier there, traveling through dangerous territory. 
Uh, they used to stop at a place called Blue Camp 20. Uh, blue after the nearby river camp, because that's what it was, and 20 because it was a day's walk uh, from Independence, which is where the trail began. It was the first stop on a way from somewhere to somewhere else. It was another 700 miles to Santa Fe uh, through treacherous Comanche and Apache territory. It was a place to pause, to prepare to enter the pioneering territory again. Today, there's still a town there, uh, originally named New or Little uh, Santa Fe. Some of the old pioneers decided that they quite liked it at Blue Camp 20. That was better than the dangerous uh, journey of 700 miles to Santa Fe. They settled down, they built themselves businesses to serve the passing trade. The campsite became a settlement, which became a shantytown. And sometimes I think we find ourselves doing that with our spiritual lives, with our spirituality. Have we settled down? Have we stopped hearing the Lord's voice? Or are we in a place where we're excited uh, to continue pioneering, growing in our intimacy with God? So at the start of 2020, is this the year or the decade where we can choose to step out again, to, list, uh, to step into the image of God that we are made in? Are we the ones who can be the light shining in the darkness because that light has first shone in our hearts? Let's pray. Almighty God, whose only Son has opened for us a new and living way into your presence, give us pure hearts and steadfast wills to worship you in spirit and in truth. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen.